Very few people understand the power of communication and connection, as well as Swedish businessman Hans Vestberg. Hans is not just a towering figure in the world of communication, he's a testament to the power of connectivity. After a decade-long career at telecommunications company Ericsson, Hans climbed the ranks and became CEO. But he didn't stop there. In 2017, Hans was appointed Chief Technology Officer and Executive Vice President of Verizon Communications Network and Technology Team. A year later, in 2018, he rose to become Verizon's Chairman and CEO. While overseeing some of the world's most extensive communications networks, Hans never lost sight of public service. He served as chairman of the former Swedish Olympic Committee, serves on the board of directors of the United Nations Foundation, BlackRock, and the Whitaker Peace and Development Initiative. And in 2021, Hans became the first chairman of the Edison Alliance Board at the World Economic Forum. This alliance is a beacon of hope aiming to bridge the global digital divide with the goal to impact 1 billion lives with affordable and accessible digital solutions by 2025. In today's digital age, ensuring that technology reaches every corner of the globe is not just a challenge, it's a responsibility. And as the steward of how almost 150 million people stay connected and a driving force behind the world's advancement into 5G technology, Hans Vestberg is the perfect person to unpack this issue with us today. I'm Jessica Sibley, CEO of Time, and this is Person of the Week's first Executive Spotlight, presented in partnership with Verizon. And it's an exciting week of firsts for us here at Time. Just yesterday, we announced the launch of Time 100 Voices, a new vertical dedicated to spotlighting the perspectives of global leaders from the Time 100 community of the world's most influential people. We announced this platform during a new event hosted by Time in partnership with Hans during New York Climate Week, where we focused on spotlighting the tangible solutions to increase digital inclusion and advance climate justice worldwide. I couldn't be more thrilled to have today's conversation extend the launch of this exciting new journey. Let's dive in. Hans, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You've had an amazing career, but recently you've turned your focus to digital equity and inclusion. Before we dig into the work you've been doing, can you tell us what digital equity is and why it's so important? Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I think this is a, such an important topic because it shouldn't matter where you're born and who you are or where you come from to actually have access to the most important services in our society today. Education, healthcare, financial inclusion. All of that, of course, can be delivered by digital inclusion. And in many places on this earth, it's not possible to have the same model as we had in Western world for many years, where you have a hospital close to you, you had a school close to you, you had a bank office close to you. It's actually digital that will make that difference. It's a human right to be connected in today's society. That's why digital inclusion is so important to me and, of course, to what our company is doing every day. 
You've been at the forefront of digital technology, not just now, but for decades. And I'd love to know how you ended up there. Maybe take us back to your early life. I think if you, if you take me to my really early lives, my, my focus was to be good in sports and uh, spend more of my life there. But I was fortunate in my life when I was born. I, mean, <clears throat> I had five minutes walking distance to school. I had probably 10 minutes walking distance uh, uh, to the hospital, and I probably didn't have more than 10 minutes to the bank if I needed to do something. Now that I didn't have so much money when I was young, but that word will not exist all around the world. So being able to offer the same services but doing it digitally is, is essential in today's society. Uh, that took me took me to another level, which was, of course, start working at Ericsson, and Ericsson, a global company in 180 countries. That's truly remarkable. And that brings us to the work that you're doing now. Is there an event, Hans, or something that you witnessed that pointed your focus towards digital equity, especially in the recent years? One moment was uh, in the beginning when Ebola, etc., was spreading in Africa. And we understood with a mobile phone, you can actually start transmitting where those type of diseases were, were moving much quicker than having sort of people going to a village. Then I had another moment somewhere in 2006-07 where I was in Ethiopia and we went to a rural village and we came in there. And there was thousands of children that had big signs saying, thank you for connecting us with Internet. And I realized that was the moment they were visible for the rest of the world. And they could be part of it. And there was such a gratitude to be connected. Then the third one is, of course, COVID. When COVID came and we saw the importance to do work, to education, healthcare, everything you needed to be connected. When the COVID happened, I realized that now or never is going to be the moment of really pushing this. And that's uh, where I took the next step and actually talked to the World Economic Forum to create this platform called the Edison Alliance and seeing that more and more people get connected in order to have the same chance as everybody else. Those have been moments in my life where I said, hey, we need to do even more. We need to see that everybody has an equal chance. And it shouldn't matter who you are, as I said in the beginning. That's really where it started. And, but it has been a long journey for me. I mean, probably two decades I worked with this and seeing that more and more people on this planet are connected. Such a great story. And you've been around the world using technology to solve some of the most challenging problems, especially in healthcare, as you just spoke about. How does an equitable access to information and communication technology impact just everyday people in America and across the globe. It's a common problem, but it's different challenges in different places. So the whole Edison Alliance is a work to see what are the solutions we're finding in different countries in order to see that we do remedies. So I think we learn from uh, U.S. Uh, for certain things that we can talk about in Africa. We learn a lot of things from India, what we can do in, in, in Latin America and Europe. Today, half of the world's population is basically connected to the Internet. But the learning is that it's much more than only the connectivity. So what you need is accessibility to the technology. You need it to be affordable, which is one of the biggest challenges. And then ultimately, that you have applications or services from governments or private companies that can actually address healthcare, education, financial inclusion, even work, of course. So affordability, accessibility, and usability, you need to address all of them in order to see that you have a society that has quality as we're aspiring for. 
What an incredible challenge and opportunity. And listening to you, I'm hearing the global aspect, but then also the local execution of all of this and really figuring it out, Hans, through the Edison initiative, but also through what you've done as CEO at Verizon. Speaking of that, how is Verizon driving the conversation around digital inclusion and equity? So we, in 2018, decided that we, we're going to have targets for all our stakeholders, shareholders, employees, customers, and society. And in society, the, the targets are connected to our strategy. One is human prosperity, educating more and more people for the next generation. The other is education. Almost 600 schools in the United States not only have our broadband, they also have devices from us and they have a digital STEM education package because we want to be holistic. It's not enough to have the broadband. You need to have the device and then digital education. And the third thing we're doing is climate change and what we can do with our technology in order to support a reduction on the CO2 emission. That's our part of being a, a, a holistic company. But for us, this is part of our strategy. We want more and more children thinking about STEM education. And of course, when they educate themselves on that, they're going to think, hey, Verizon is the right company. I want to work with them. I like them. So it has to hang together with our strategy. That's how I see it. And that's how we're acting in our company. It's amazing. You know, what you're doing through the World Economic Forum, as well as through Verizon. Switching gears, how are governments and business working together to solve this issue? I think... Uh, Many of the challenges we talk about right now requires many stakeholders. Not one can do it. I mean, we cannot do it by ourselves. Uh, we need to work with others. Accessibility to technology is mainly or historically private money. Affordability is actually a balance in between. I mean, here in the U.S., we have this uh, affordability program for low-income families where they can apply them to broadband services. That goes for financial inclusion as well with all the regulations to see that you can have bank accounts on the mobile phone. And we have seen that many of the most complicated challenges has been solved by mobile phone and mobile money. I'm thinking about during COVID in India, for example, where the COVID subsidy is going out through the mobile phone which is just enormous to think about 15 years ago. It had to be a bank account or you went into a bank with a check or something. Now they can transfer it in real time and the citizens of India got the money when they most needed it. And then the last part, of course, healthcare education is usually a public service. And if you want to make that digital, you definitely need collaboration between all these different entities. No one can solve this by themselves. It's a two-party work that needs to happen within private and public and cross borders and cross the world. Again, when we think about this on a global basis, on a local basis, Hans, we were talking earlier about how far-reaching the impact of inequitable access actually is. So outside of the work that leaders in tech and government are doing, is there anything that the average person can do to help close the digital divide? If you're listening to this podcast, I think everyone can raise their voice. Everybody can talk to different type of constituencies in our society and connect people. I think that's something we all can do. And if everyone do a little bit, that's going to be a huge, massive thing. So I think everybody should make their voice heard. And this podcast is some important means to reach that type of audience that they start to speaking to different type of organizations. I think uh, those that are listening to the conversation today are going to take away a lot and, and learn so much about this issue and, and how important it is. We're behind you, Hans, all the way. And in my role as CEO of Time, 
what I've learned is everyone wants to engage and make an impact and be part of the solution. First of all, I think that uh, what Time is doing is extremely good. Spreading the word about doing these things is not one person. It's, it's a huge organization and a network of people. In this case, I happen to be the one that talks about it, but there's so much people behind it. And that's where Time comes in to talk to more people, how they can engage, how they can do things and actually change our society. Because we can all do something. And that something, together with many others, will make a difference. In my case, I have a platform that is enormous, given that I'm running Verizon and what I've done in my life and the connections I have. And I have decided I'm going to use that to do this. But it's all in the genes and the thoughts about where our company is going and what we're doing every day. And I can only thank you and your team, what you are doing, to see that we have even more people understanding the importance of digital equality, digital inclusion in today's society. Hans, thank you again for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm so inspired to work with you, to know you, to have you here on Time Person of the Week's first executive spotlight. And I'm looking forward to speaking with you again and continuing to follow your journey. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for having me on this fantastic podcast. <laughs>